I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Fame. Welcome in, Episode Cal 7. NASCAR icon. Randy. Dale the podcast. Jr. It is Kirk 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 podcast. It is Tuesday, November 7, 2023. Yeah. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I know I told you we'd have a bonus episode of the Aaron Torres pod today, and we do, but it has taken on a new twist. So if you listen to Monday's show, I said Tuesday, we'll come back. We'll talk the opening day of college hoops. Who looked good? Who didn't? Plus, I will give you my final four and national championship picks. Well, we're still going to do that, but we got yet another new twist on the Michigan football saga as it appears. The Big Ten is ready to suspend Jim Harbaugh, and Michigan appears to be ready to fight in court. Another new twist, an incredible twist, a twist that even as far as 24 hours ago, really 36 hours ago, I did not see coming. So we got to break it all down. From there, we will talk college hoops opening night, as well as my final four entitled picks. Before we get started on this incredible jam-packed Tuesday show, a couple things. One, quick reminder. We have partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So fired up about this partnership. Started about five, six weeks ago when legal sports betting came to the state of Kentucky. And what I love about the DraftKings Sportsbook partnership with the Aaron Torres pod is that they have an incredible offer for listeners of this show. If you're a listener of the Aaron Torres pod, here is the deal that DraftKings is offering for first-time customers of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, bet $5 on any game. This is for first-time customers only, and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code TORUS. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. College Hoops is here. You can bet college, pro, hoops, football, hockey if you're so inclined. Bet $5 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code TORUS. Thank you to DraftKings, and thank you to you guys and girls for your sport. With that said, there is no more time to waste. Let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day is another new twist in this Michigan football saga. I know I joke about it, but every single day there is a new twist. And the latest twist is bluntly one that I did not see even 48 hours ago coming. And that is that the Big Ten appears ready to act on Michigan, suspend Jim Harbaugh, And ultimately, uh, Michigan appears ready to fight that suspension. 
And so to go back to even just yesterday's show, Monday's show, um, I said on Monday's show, I, you know, we talked about Michigan beating Purdue. And I said, Michigan took care of business. Purdue's only touchdown was in the final minutes of the game. And what I said was, listen, I, I, I think this is going to start to go away if Michigan keeps winning. The more they win, the further they get away from Connor Stallions, the less that anybody can argue that Connor Stallions is the reason that they're having success. And so that was my take as of, you know, Sunday about midday when I dropped the Aaron Torres pod. And then Sunday night, I got a call from somebody that I, a source in the Midwest that I trust. Airtight, been been, been great. Pretty much everything he's ever told me has been spot on. And I bring it up because he has been a guy all along. He's been plugged in on this story. And he told me, he's been telling me bluntly for weeks. He said, look, Aaron, the Big Ten does not want to get involved. Tony Petiti is new in town. Um, you know, Michigan is potentially the best team in college football. You don't want to upset the apple cart. Uh, and, and the Big Ten commissioner has a lot on his plate, including four new schools coming into the conference in whatever, eight, nine months from now in July of 2024. And so I've been told that from somebody that I trust for about two, two and a half, three weeks now, but I bring it up because about 10, 11 o'clock on uh, on, on uh, Sunday night, I got a call from him. He said, Taurus, things have changed quite a bit and the Big Ten appears ready to make a move, ready to suspend Harbaugh, and it appears as though Michigan is going to fight. We got some details via a report from Yahoo Sports, you know, Dan Wetzel, Ross Dellinger, who have been all over this. Uh, they've done a great job, and they really kind of uh, filled in a lot of the blanks from, from some of the, the, the stuff that I got on Sunday night. What the Yahoo report basically said was a couple things. Tony Petiti, as we've talked about, the new Big Ten commissioner, he did go to campus uh, on Friday. What I was, what I, it, let me forget what I was told, but we'll just stick with the report for right now. Tony Petiti goes to campus on Friday. He meets with Michigan. This was part, this was, you know, around the time that Connor Stallions resigns. I don't think it's coincidence. Apparently, according to Yahoo, Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, recommended a multi game suspension for Jim Harbaugh as part of this. Remember, Tony Petiti is getting pressure from all 13 other schools in the Big Ten. Tony Petiti recommends a multi game suspension. Michigan, uh, their, their administration basically tells them, screw you, we ain't doing it. Um, and so Petiti said, you got to come up with a game plan. I'll give you a couple days to figure something out, but you will be punished or we will punish you. And so that was the latest. That was the update. Michigan doesn't really offer up much of anything else. And now it appears the Big Ten is ready to suspend Jim Harbaugh, despite the fact that there is still yet to be a single ounce of proof that Jim Harbaugh knew anything about this. And then a couple other interesting twists from the Yahoo report. One, this is very interesting. The NCAA, which started its investigation about two weeks ago, but we know how the NCAA process works. It takes time. Even when they give out the notice of allegations, Michigan will have 90 days to respond well after the football season. The NCAA has now turned over its evidence to the Big Ten. The Big Ten can act independent of the NCAA, which I think is a huge part that not enough people are talking about. The NCAA is now basically giving the Big Ten all of their information. And then finally, I think the most important part is that Michigan appears ready to fight, ready to lawyer up, get an injunction, fight this thing in court to allow Jim Harbaugh to keep coaching. This is crazy. This is fascinating. And let me just say this. If the Big Ten is ready to act and Michigan is ready to fight it, good for Michigan. I def you know I defended those other 13 Big Ten schools at the start of this. 
I talked about, you know, integrity, you know, the integrity of the game and this and that and, and rules being broken, but enough is enough. This is getting ridiculous. And, and I have no problem with Michigan fighting. And really to go back to when this all started, listen, I- I'm ready to admit I have changed my stance on this as more information has come out. When this story broke, whatever it was, three Thursdays ago, okay, I said, look, NCA rules were clearly broken. You can't send people in person to scout games. It's against the rules. There needs to be a punishment. That was what I said, and I still stand by that. But at the same time, while that happened, I think this has just gotten so far out of proportion. I understand that schools are mad. I understand that they feel like the integrity of the game was violated. But let's call a spade a spade here. How much impact did Connor Stallions really have? And isn't it getting a little bit overboard at this time, right? Like, first of all, let me say this. Um, you know, Harbaugh's had success everywhere. The idea that it, this is only because of Connor Stallions, give me a break. Like, like, like if Harbaugh was in year three right now or year five, and in year th- year one, he went two and 10, year two, he went two and 10. Then all of a sudden he's going 11 and one, 11 and one, and he's undefeated this year. That's different than what we've seen. Harbaugh has been great at every stop. He was great at San Diego. He was great at Stanford. He was great with the San Francisco 49ers. He was great at Michigan long before Connor Stallions ever got involved. Beyond that, you know, you go back to last Saturday. There has been no Connor Stallions for a month. Okay. He got he got suspended three full weeks ago. They destroyed Purdue. It wasn't close. I know the final score 41 to 13, they did not cover, but we talked about it on Monday's show. Purdue scored three points when Michigan went for it on their own 34-yard line right before halftime. And they scored another seven points at the end of the game when it was decided. Ten of their 13 points were basically gift wrapped via Michigan. Uh, either by going for it deep in their own territory or when the game was over and they had in backups. So this idea that Michigan has egregiously broken the rules, egregiously needs to be punished, and Jim Harbaugh needs to be suspended without due process, it's ridiculous. And so to me, that's why I've kind of flipped on the Michigan side is because like, like, I get due process. I get being fair. I get being frustrated if you are another Big Ten school. At the same time, I also do believe in due process. I also believe, listen, we could criticize the NCAA process for, for how long it takes. But the one thing about the NCAA, they come to campus. They do their homework. They talk to people. They do interviews. They do follow-ups. They get all their facts in, in line. They, all, they get all their ducks in a row before they make any decision. And so the idea that the Big Ten wants to come in without any proof that Jim Harbaugh has, been, has done anything wrong, that is ridiculous to me. Now, look, I get it. You want something done now. You're the NCAA. You're the Big Ten. You're a school in the Big Ten that feels like you've been wronged. You want something done done now. But if Jim Harbaugh had no idea, if other coaches had no idea, like we're to throw away an entire, I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating to me. And I get the argument that, oh, it's impossible to believe that nobody else knew. I get that college coaches have been making that argument since before I was born. But at the same time, like, there is due process and the, the idea that we're going to suspend Jim Harbaugh in the middle of a championship caliber season without any proof that he is in any way, shape or form uh, responsible or aware. It's ridiculous to me. And so when I look at this, a couple things stand out. One, it is clear to me that Tony Petiti, this new commissioner, his spine is not as tough as this pen. You see this pen right here for people who are watching on YouTube. See how it's nice and thick when you when you hit it. There, there's some you know there's some pushback. 
Tony Petiti's got some uh, some fusilli for spot for a spine. It reminds me of uh, uh, Kramer, the fusilli Jerry. That's Tony Petiti right here, baby. Because like I get that you're trying to appease all 14 schools, but at the same time, like I said, I get that it sucks. I get that you're frustrated if you're one of these other schools. But Michigan still has its three toughest games ahead on its schedule. In theory, it's four toughest games because they're if they win out, they're going to be playing for a Big Ten championship. If Ohio State doesn't like it, if Penn State doesn't like it, if Maryland doesn't like it, if the Big Ten West champion doesn't like it, go out and beat them. Connor Stallions got suspended three weeks ago. They're not stealing signs. You've had time to change things up. And so for Tony Petiti to cower to whoever is pressuring him, shame on him. And to me, you know what he looks like to me? Another one of these spineless guys that came from out of college sports, that's in college sports. He's a businessman. He's never been under any pressure, never felt any heat, and he's cowering to public pressure. I don't like that. I think he needs to stand up and say, listen, Ohio State, Penn State, you're mad. Go beat him on the field, which is something that could very well happen. Finally, let me say this. Shame on the NCAA. And this is the part that I people need to talk about. I don't know if anyone's going to talk about this besides me, but this has me fired up. The NCAA... Like it's one thing. So again, the Big Ten can break its own, but can break NCA rules. The Big Ten does not need an NCA approval to do their own investigation and to hand out their own punishments. It's under the the integrity and all that of the league. Okay, so I get that that can be done, and I have no problem with the Big Ten wanting to do what they think is best, even though I disagree with it. At the same time, for the NCAA, who under their own rules has to do their own investigation own interviews, own whatever. They're turning stuff over to the Big Ten. You know what that says to me? That says the NCAA, one, is out to get Michigan. Like, like you, Michigan fans have been saying from the beginning, dude, go back to the summer. The NCAA is out to get us. I said, Michigan fans, calm down, chill out, whatever. Now, how can you not feel like the big, the, the Michigan, the, the NCAA is out to get Michigan? They are literally, the Big Ten is about to have an unprecedented ruling in part because of an unprecedented decision by the NCAA. I have never yet in my life covering college sports ever heard of the NCAA handing over its own information to expedite a punishment to an outside party. Never heard of it. Never heard of that. Never heard of it. I've never heard of them handing their own information to somebody else. You can criticize the NCAA for what you want, but when they do an investigation, it's thorough, it's detailed, they talk to people, there's due process, the school has time to respond. This this is the NCAA basically saying our own process is stupid or we're out to get Michigan, and so let's push this thing forward, let's push this thing along. And so I think this is embarrassing, shame on the NCAA, and finally what I would say is this, it appears as though Michigan is ready to fight this thing in court and good for them. I'm not a lawyer. They got plenty of good ones in their back, you know, that have their back. Most notably, I think Tom Mars is involved and Tom Mars is not somebody you want to mess with. But the idea that the NCAA is working with the Big Ten and that the Big Ten is about to suspend Jim Harbaugh, I think it's ridiculous. I hope Michigan fights it. I hope they get the injunction. I hope he coaches on Saturday. And listen, I'm an unbiased professional, so I don't want to say it, but I, I kind of hope they kick butt. I kind of hope they embarrass Penn State walk all over that field. The whiteout turns into the empty out in the fourth quarter because enough is enough. You want you want to beat Michigan, do it on the field. We'll see what happens. Woo. All right, Torres is nice and fired up here on a, on a Tuesday morning. So what we're going to do, take a quick break, come back. When we come back, 
We'll talk a little college hoops. College hoops opening day was on Monday. Uh, not a ton of big games, but do just have a couple quick reactions. And finally, we'll make my final four national championship picks. Quick break. Be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. Now I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears. And how about this? I want to talk a little college hoops season, baby. That is right. College hoops is here. And as I've said over the last couple episodes, the season started on Monday. What I want to spend a few minutes doing here over the next couple minutes is really two things. One, I do want to react to some stuff from the opening night of college basketball season. And then I want to wrap with my preseason final four and national championship picks. I'll tell you this. I put the picks out on social media on Monday morning, already having a little bit of buyer's remorse on at least one team that I have in the final four. But let's get into it. Let's break it down. And let me start very quickly before we get into any individual team, um, just with you know, the rant that everybody who loves college basketball and covers college basketball has had over the last couple of days. Let me say this. I'm a little bit, a little bit disappointed with the leadership in college basketball 
that we essentially got no marquee games on opening night of college hoops. Now, as I'm recording here uh, on late Monday night, USC is playing Kansas State. That is a marquee game. Credit to Andy Enfield and Jerome Tang. But everybody else cross college basketball, like, what are we doing? You think about all the other sports, the buildup to opening Sunday of the NFL or even that opening Thursday night. The first weekend in college football, which is a five-night affair, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of Labor Day weekend. Opening day of Major League Baseball. We can criticize Major League Baseball for a lot, but they get opening day right. Banner raising in the NBA. Everybody else has figured out opening night, yet we had a college basketball opening night without a single matchup of ranked teams. Now, I understand about two, three, four years ago, the decision was made, play on a Monday, election day is on a Tuesday. And originally the plan, the, the reason this was done, the NCAA wanted to give all these athletes election day off so that they could go ahead and exercise their right to vote. This is a thing that happened. You can look it up. Well, what ended up happening was we did that for a year or two, but now we got games tomorrow. And so the idea, we, we, we set up opening night on Monday night so everybody could have off Tuesday. Well, people are playing tomorrow night. And so it's disappointing I ultimately hope we get back to a point where we either get super marquee matchups to open the season, or why can't we go back to when the Champions Classic opened the season? Now, I don't think John Calipari liked it. You know, Coach K, when he was around, I don't think he loved it either. But that was such a great stage for college hoops to open the season. Michigan State, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, all on opening night. I do hope we get back, or I hope at the very least everybody in college basketball works to get some bigger games on opening night going forward. Good news is the big games really start this weekend. We got Arizona at Duke on Friday. That's the first, in my opinion, super signature game. Auburn-Baylor play Tuesday, play tomorrow, play tonight as you guys listen. But man, oh man, oh man, can we get a marquee game on opening night? I just think it hurts the sport. I don't think the casual fan that doesn't love college basketball or doesn't have a team that they love even realize that college basketball opens. So I don't want to be too negative. I want to get into some reactions, but I just want to say that, like, like, give me the two minutes. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. But you know what? There was also basketball on on Monday night. So let's react to some of the things that I saw. And as I said, I only want to spend about two, three, four minutes on these teams. This is not going to be a nine-minute breakdown of a 30-point win from this team or that team or whatever. But let's dive in. Uh, I guess we'll start, and I'm not doing it because it's my alma mater, but UConn is the defending national champion. They returned to the court against Northern Arizona. It, like so many other games, was a complete blowout. But I'll tell you this. Liked what I saw from UConn. And it's funny, I, I heard from some friends over the last couple of weeks in Vegas, the, the gambling folks, the gambling people. And I have some gambling folks that are like, dude, UConn has as good of a chance as anybody that we can remember in a long time to repeat as national champion. And I'm a little biased. I get it. But I was also like, I don't really know. Well, you watch UConn. They are really, really good. Now, I, I listen, I, 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 under, I know the team. I know that they could repeat. I just think it's unlikely, but if you watch them on Monday night, they are awesome. Donovan Klingon is back. He's healthy. That's great news. Uh, Alex Carabin had a career-high 22 points. The thing that stood out about UConn on Monday, they have a forward named Samson Johnson, was a starter to open last season, got hurt, took about six, eight weeks to come back, and was never really the same, didn't really play a role uh, in, in, in the title run as the season went on. Well, he's back. I had heard all offseason, like Dan Hurley really made it a priority to reintegrate him 
basically not even reintegrate him. Like, make sure this kid does not transfer because he is going to be a difference maker for us. 11 points, five rebounds on opening night. UConn looks really, really, really good. As far as the repeating as national champion, you know, listen, that that it's a long way to march. But what I would say is, listen, the tournament is about uh, guard play, but it's also, it's just about NBA talent, right? UConn wasn't the best team in the Big East last year. Marquette won the regular season. Marquette won the postseason. But UConn got to the got, got to the NCAA tournament. They had three guys who were currently on opening night rosters: Jordan Hawkins with the Pelicans, Andre Jackson with the Bucks, and Adama Sanogo with the Bulls. And they just steamrolled everybody. Well, UConn's got probably another three or four pros on that roster with Klingon, Caravan, a freshman named Stefan Castle, and Samson Johnson. I think has the chance to be an NBA player. UConn going to be really, really, really good. Let's stay with the theme of really good last year, and I wasn't really sure about him this year. You know who I think was the single most impressive team to me on Monday night relative to what I actually expected coming in? It was actually the Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay, so if you remember last year, Alabama, it was certainly a tumultuous season off the court. But on the court, Alabama wins the regular season in the SEC, the postseason in the SEC, But then they lose, not only, how about this? They not only lost four of their top five scorers from a season ago, they also lost their all three assistant coaches. They all got head coaching jobs. I believe I heard a stat. I could be wrong on this. It's only the second time ever that a team has lost all three assistant coaches in a given season. They opened with Moorhead State, okay? Moorhead State, Preston Spradlin, their head coach has actually been on this show before. Really good. They did lose uh, their best player to injury right before the season. Let me give credit where it's due, though. Alabama has not missed a beat. They look really freaking good. They beat Moorhead State 105-73, to a 32-point win in that game. Thing that stood out, Alabama hasn't missed a beat. Spacing, ball movement, three-point shooting. They finished the game uh, hitting 10 of 23 from three. Grant Nelson, I think this is important for Alabama. Grant Nelson, the big-time transfer from North Dakota State. If you go back to last year, He was not a three-point shooter at North Dakota State. That's why he's not in the NBA. Remember, he declared for the NBA draft, decided to come back. Why do I bring it up? It is because Grant Nelson on opening night, he finished with 24 points, but also hit a pair of threes. That is an important thing, in my opinion, for Alabama. Alabama has to get three-point shooting from its, its forwards. That is what the whole system is predicated on, right? You play five out basketball, You have to be able to hit three-pointers. So far, so good with Alabama. The competition is obviously going to get tougher. Thought they looked really good. Know who else I thought looked really good? Credit where it's due, the Kentucky Wildcats. And listen, Calipari, he gets a lot of flack, and a lot of it is deserved. And I was very critical on this show, especially in the offseason, of his portal, you know, you know, uh, recruiting, I guess, for lack of a better term. Didn't love what he did for most of the offseason. But listen... Inside that program, they would tell people on the outside, the reason we're not so aggressive in the portal, we love our freshman class. So they open with a good New Mexico State team. Jason Hooten's a really good coach. Uh, He came from Sam Houston State. They have a bunch of high major transfers. Kentucky just steamrolled them. And not only did Kentucky steamroll them, here's the important part, is that Kentucky, remember the last two years, they've had Oscar Shibway, great low post player, incredible talent. But Oscar Shibway, and we talked about this in the summer, really limited what they were able to do from a spacing, a ball movement perspective, okay? And so I bring it up because without Oscar Shibway, they look awesome, okay? They did this in the summer on their summer trip to Canada. 
But those three freshman guards, DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, and Reed Shepard, they can all get buckets. Reed Shepard is a monster defensively. And in this game, those three combined for 40, 42 points in this game. They were uh, five total scores in double figures. Sorry, I'm tripping over my own words here. Um, and let me say this about Kentucky too. Love the guard play, love the spacing, love the ball movement. And let me give credit where it's due. They have a freshman named Rob Dillingham. I was not a fan of him in high school. Small, skinny, um, you know, uh, very much a shot, you know, chaser, like basically a, a one-on-one player. When they took a commitment from him and then really as the, the, the class evolved, I said, I don't know how he's going to fit in with all these guys. And I said, if he's a sixth man, you're going to be fine. Well, I bring it up because he didn't play well over the summer. I give this kid so much credit, okay? So what I was told in high school wasn't a worker. You want to know what I was told? This is kind of the craziest thing. I've never heard anyone say this before. They said he didn't really eat. He just kind of hung out, chilled, didn't work super hard, didn't eat. Like that was what literally what they said. They said they need to get him in a college program and a college nutrition program because he did not eat at overtime elite. But he gets to Kentucky. He spent all offseason in the weight room since that Canada trip. He's awesome. 17 points for him on, on, on Monday night. And I'll say this. DJ Wagner has been the more high-profile guard throughout this recruitment. Rob Dillingham right now has NBA athleticism and put on 20-plus pounds this summer and hasn't lost an ounce of athleticism. And so if you can continue that level of athleticism, with the, the the size that you have, I think he could be one of the breakout stars in college basketball. DJ Wagner, a high pro, higher profile recruit, Reed Shepard, the, the hometown kid, his dad played at Kentucky. I think Rob Dillingham has a chance to be the best out of all of them. Now, the one thing with Kentucky, anybody who follows the program knows, they're currently without the services of not one, I sound like LeBron James, not two, but three seven-footers as we speak. Aaron Bradshaw, Ugana Nienso, Kingsley, uh, all uh, are both out with with injuries. Zvonavir Ivisic, the seven foot two Croatian, uh, has not yet been cleared by the NCAA. So they need to get some some big guys back soon because if they don't, they could be in a world of trouble. Uh, they play Kansas next Tuesday night, but credit where it is due, they looked awesome on Monday night. I think they're going to be better than people realize. Continuing, kind of going through college hoops on Monday night. Tell you what, we're going to save Tennessee for the end because I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, may have Tennessee advancing pretty far in uh, my, my my NCAA tournament as we go on. Uh, a couple other teams that stood out, you know, Duke took care of business. We'll talk about Duke a little bit later as well. If I had to pick a team that I thought was a little bit disappointing, I'll be honest, it was probably the North Carolina Tar Heels. Now they beat Radford 86 to 70, okay? But remember, North Carolina a year ago, started the season ranked number one in the country, missed the NCAA tournament altogether. So why do I bring it up? Well, they beat Radford, but the final score is 86 to 70. It was 41 to 40. Radford led at halftime. And so for a program that coming off last year, you know, all off season, they've tried to spin it. It was Caleb Love. Caleb Love was the problem. We're going to get this thing fixed to give up 41 first-half points, to give up 70 points, and to have to pull away late against Radford, I'm a little worried about that, and I'm a little bit disappointed. So they get the win. The good news is they have plenty of time to figure things out, but the schedule does get tougher here in a little bit. Uh, they obviously play uh, you know, they, they play uh, Tennessee 
in uh, in the uh, uh, what you call it the big the ACC SEC challenge. They go to the Battle for Atlantis where there's a bunch of good teams, Arkansas, Memphis, etc. So North Carolina has to get it figured out. I really like them coming into the year, but I'm a little bit disappointed in the effort. I'll say this: another team that was impressive, not surprising. Credit where it's due. <laughs> The Kansas Jayhawks, man. Listen, uh, Bill Self is a beast, dude. And, and and people like him. People hate him. Did he get away with some stuff during that FBI investigation? Yeah, probably. But they beat North Carolina Central 99-56, to 56, just destroyed him. Hunter Dickinson, the transfer, 21-8, five assists and two blocks. Kevin McCuller, I thought, looked really good. That's what stands out to me about uh, Kansas. It's not just Hunter Dickinson. They have two really good kind of hybrid guards in McCuller and in uh, in El Marco Jackson, a true freshman. That to me is where the pro- where they create problems defensively. Perimeter Kevin McCuller to me is the X factor for him. If he is really good, he's the type of kid that could play at an All American type level. Uh, if if he does, that is a team that could be very dangerous. One other team that really stuck out. Now I'll be honest, their game is still going on as I'm recording here. I really like Arizona this year. I really like Arizona. They are destroying Morgan State right now. Now, look, something could happen. And if you're an Arizona fan and you hear this on Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, and they lose or something weird happens, blame your boy Torres. But the thing that stands out about them, much more athletic than a year ago. Remember, that's where Caleb Love is, Jaden Bradley, the transfer from uh, Alabama. But the other thing, they're huge. So we knew about Omar Umar Bal, okay? Keisha Johnson, everybody knows I love Keisha Johnson. He is a bully in the paint. Um, and they have this kid, Crevis, a, a big kid from overseas. I was watching the first half. This kid's a monster. Seven foot two passer, you know, hand, uh, I don't want to say handles the ball, but I, he was the kid I didn't know much about. He is a big, big, big kid. They go to play at Duke on Friday night. You talk about the marquee game of the opening week of college basketball, Arizona at Duke Tuesday, uh, Friday night. Watch out for that. Duke putting the finishing touches on a win over Dartmouth. 74 to 44 is the final. Kyle Filipowski, not surprisingly, 25 and 7. By the way, that's not final. It's about four minutes left in this game. Kyle Filipowski, 25 plus points in this game. Trying to think about anything else that I noticed throughout the evening. Purdue took care of business. Purdue, we know what Purdue's all about, right? We know what Purdue's all about. Arkansas looked really good. I watched a lot of their game. You know, the thing with Arkansas that I think is really important, it is, first of all, athleticism is through the roof as always. Defense is through the roof as always. Um, But the thing that stood out on opening night, they shot the ball from three pretty well. 12 of 30 from three. That's going to be the difference, right? Everybody Arkansas, you know, wants to know, like this team has been on the doorstep of a final four, three straight years, three straight years. They have lost on the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Can you get that three point shooting this year? So far, so good. As I said, they make 12 of 30 from three, a bunch of different guys hit, including uh, Caleb battle had a very nice game. 21 points off the bench, uh, Trevin Brazil. But the thing that stands out the length, the defense that Arkansas is always known for. Finally, one last thing before I give you my final four national championship picks. I want to give credit to somebody that maybe a lot of you don't know, okay? 
Uh, and it's funny. Uh, there's a guy named Brandon Chambers. Okay. So why I bring it up, he, he coached at Nevada with Eric Musselman. Okay. And so I bring it up because he is now on the staff at McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Never been to Lake Charles. There's not much besides a lake and a casino in McNeese State University. But why I bring it up, do you guys and girls remember who the head coach at McNeese State University is this year? It is Will Wade. Will Wade is the head coach at McNeese State. But remember, he got hired and then immediately as part of kind of his retribution to the NCAA was suspended to start the season. Brandon Chapers, young guy, early to mid-30s, his lead assistant, took over. How about this? Was on the VCU staff when uh, he was a student assistant, I believe, when VCU went to the Final Four under Shaka Smart in 2011. He is now on staff with Will Wade. With Will Wade suspended, Brandon Chambers took over and coached McNeese State to a victory over VCU on opening night. So congrats to Brandon Chambers. Congrats to McNeese State. I'll be honest. I'm excited to watch Will Wade uh, at McNeese State. I think he's got the best roster already in that conference. I expect him to win the conference. I expect him to be in the tournament this year, but credit to them. All right, let's wrap really quickly. I'm not going to do like the whole breakout segment, but I I did promise, by the way, I got something in my eye. If you're watching on YouTube and I I keep picking at my eye, forgive me. Um, But I do want to make my final four and national championship picks. And I, for the most part, tried to leave out the teams that I, 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 I plan on talking about here. But let's get into Torres's final four in the preseason. The first one, I, I told you earlier, I have buyer's remorse on one team in my final four. That is the North Carolina Tar Heels. So the first team in my final four, North Carolina, okay? So I just talked about it. North Carolina barely survived against Radford on opening night. Not a great start for your boy Torres. My argument for North Carolina, though, is pretty straightforward. Two years ago, they make a final four. If you remember, Armando Baycott in that run had one of the great NCAA tournaments we have ever seen. I'm not kidding when I say that. Four straight games with 15-plus rebounds, back-to-back 20-rebound performances. Was hurt most of last year, but played through it. Is finally healthy, and I just like the roster around him. Caleb Love is gone, and as I've said all, I've said it since last March. The, the, the talking point out of Carolina is very clearly that Caleb Love was the problem at Carolina and that they're going to be better without him. So I bought into that narrative. I'm not totally sure that I buy it now after watching him play, but two important returnees from that Final Four team in last year, Baycott and R.J. Davis. I do think that's important because if Hubert Davis was a terrible coach and nobody believed in him, I don't know that those guys would still be there. They could have gone pro. They could have transferred. They had options. They had opportunities. They both decided to come back. Thought Hubert Davis did a good job of filling out the roster around him. Really good three-point shooting. Paxton Wojcik, a transfer from the Ivy League. Uh, Harrison Ingram, a transfer from Stanford. He's more of a slasher than a three-point shooter. And Cormac Ryan, three-point shooter from Notre Dame. Also added a five-star freshman named Elliot Cadeau, who I think is going to be really good. So I'm still a believer in Carolina. Didn't love what I saw on opening night, but they are my first team in my Final Four. Number two, and they're getting a lot of preseason buzz to the point that I'm a little bit worried about it. The Tennessee Volunteers. We talked about them last week. Tennessee played in that charity exhibition win at Michigan State, and they did it without their starting backcourt. Sakai Ziegler coming back from injury. Santiago Viscovi was overseas dealing with a family issue in his native country of Uruguay. Well, I bring it up because they looked really, really, really good, and they opened up the season with a dominant win over 
over Tennessee Tech. The final score was 80 to 42, but they were up 41 to 12 at halftime before letting their foot off the brake. But what I love about this team, a couple things. One, super veteran. And this is going to be a theme with my final four teams is last year we saw there were two things that were important in the teams that got to the final four. Do you have vets? Do you have continuity year over year? San Diego State did. Miami did. UConn did. Florida Atlantic did. Tennessee brings back a lot of pieces from a team that made the Sweet 16. Josiah Jordan-James, Viscovi, Zakai Ziegler, as I told you. Jemai Meshack played very well in that, um, in that win over Michigan State in the charity exhibition. And let me also say this, too. Um, this is a team that historically has struggled to score, elite defensively struggled to score. Why I bring it up? They got two transfers who are filling up the basket right now. Dalton Connect averaged 20 points per game at Northern Colorado. I thought he was one of the most important transfers in all of college basketball this offseason. Had 20-plus against Michigan State, 17 in the opener. Justin Ganey, also a coach's son, 14 points for Tennessee in their opening night win over Tennessee Tech. So you add in the always elite defense with great offense, veteran players. I think this is the year Rick Barnes breaks through. Now, I know what everyone say, oh, Torres... Rick Barnes, Tennessee, they never win when it matters. Well, here's the truth. 2019, 2023, two of the last four NCAA tournaments played. Tennessee has made it to the second weekend of the tournament. 2019, BS call, should have been Purdue, should have gone to the Elite Eight, played Virginia to go to a Final Four. And also, last year made the Sweet 16 without Sakai Ziegler, their starting point guard. Now, I know they've never made a Final Four in school history, but guess what? Just because something hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it can't. I like Tennessee to go to the Final Four. My two teams left in the Final Four. I do have a team from the Big East. Don't worry, it is not UConn, even though I I think UConn has a chance to do it. Creighton is my Final Four team. Creighton, for people who don't remember, first of all, last year made the Elite Eight, was a player two away from beating San Diego State. They bring back three really good players from that group. Ryan Kalkbrenner, center. Trey Alexander, a really good guard. Baylor Shireman, a really good guard as well. You need NBA talent. You need veterans, but you need continuity. Creighton kind of has that combination. They almost have that UConn-ish type vibe of three guys that all could have gone pro last year and conceivably been drafted. They decide to come back for one more year. I like the pieces around them that they added through the portal. Uh, Isaac Trout, a big man from Virginia. Also, on top of that, uh, Stephen Ashworth, a guard from uh, Utah State, led them in scoring. Utah State was an NCAA tournament team last year. So, again, Creighton, never been to a Final Four, but just because they haven't doesn't mean that they can't. Like that team, my only concern about them, they don't have a ton of depth, but they got veterans, they got experience, they have NBA talent, and I have Creighton in the Final Four. Finally, my final Final Four team, And also, my pick to win the national championship. You're not going to like it. I have the Duke Blue Devils winning the national championship. So Duke, to me, listen, I I said this a few days ago. Kansas is number one in the polls. I get it. I'm not going to fight it. But if I had a vote in the AP poll, it would be Duke number one. And it's because they, they check all the boxes. First of all, we've talked about it a million times. But John Shire, to his credit, had guys that could have gone pro, could have been second round picks. Clearly, NIL played a factor. I think Kyle Filipowski, their star player, needed some surgery, so it kind of made sense for him to come back. But he convinced three or four guys that could have been drafted last year, hey, 
Don't get drafted in the second round. Don't go to the G League. Come back for another year. You're going to get paid here, and we're going to have a good team. So they have they have veterans. They have experience. They have four of their top five starters back. Jeremy Roach, four of their top five scorers, excuse me. Jeremy Roach was part of that Final Four team two years ago. He's back. Tyrese Proctor is going to be a top 15 pick. He's back. Kyle Filipowski is one of the most versatile big men in the country. He is back. So you have those guys. You add in a bunch of high-profile freshmen. This team is deep. It's athletic. It's talented. And I think they're the best team in college basketball. So listen, are there questions about John Shire? Absolutely. Second year, obviously, you know, uh, it's it's tough, right? Because it's not often a second year coach in his 30s is competing for a national championship. But it's not often that you, you take over a job like Duke at the age that he has. So maybe he's just not ready for the stage. But I thought John Shire looked really good in year one. Remember, Duke won 10 straight games going into the NCAA tournament before they ended up losing to Tennessee in the round of 32. But I like Duke. I like their dudes. I like their talent. We're going to find out more on Friday when they play Arizona. But Duke is my preseason Final Four pick and my national championship pick as well. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Air Tours Pod. Time for me to get out of here. As I said, there's still some games going on, so if 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 I missed anything, forgive me. If Arizona somehow doesn't win, forgive me. But I'm gonna get out of here. It's already eleven o'clock Eastern time. It's time for me to uh, wrap up for tonight. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow me on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions for the show, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That's all for today's show. Time for me to get out of here right now. Plan is to do a show on Wednesday. We'll see what happens the way things are going. There will be a new twist with Michigan. Be prepared. Uh, but that's it for right now. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. You have fed unblock me, bro. By the way, shout out to you guys and girls. We made it to college hoop season, baby. Can't believe we're here. So excited. I'll be back. See y'all later this week. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.